This episode is brought to you in part by Zondervan, publisher of The Perilous Fight, Overcoming Our Culture's War on the American Family, written and narrated by retired neurosurgeon and politician Dr. Ben Carson. Available now everywhere you get audiobooks. This is a podcast about two things, helping those with urgent needs in front of us today and improving the road so others can walk it safely in the future. Welcome to The Better Samaritan, a podcast where we're learning how to do good better. I'm Kent Annan, co-director of the Humanitarian Disaster Institute at Wheaton College, and I'm joined by my colleagues Jamie Ayton and Laura Finch to explore how we can more effectively love our neighbors from everyday acts of kindness to the most complex humanitarian challenges facing the church and society today. As we've talked with a dozen leaders in this podcast, one of the questions we've always asked, one of the five questions is, how do you define humility in the context of your work, in the context of your field? And the reason we think that question is important is we're so much better at learning when we're humble. Um, we need to know what we know that helps us to help well, but we also need to know what we don't know. And I love the answers to this question that people had of, of being honest about what we don't know. Um, but then also doing that work of continuing to learn and and also part of this is character and growing in our faith and growing in our humility. So hope you find this encouraging to your faith, to your work, uh, and to your curiosity and to the opportunities we have when we are humble to keep on learning. Peniel Joseph is an American scholar, teacher, and leading public voice on race issues. Well, I would say you define humility by remaining um, a curious student. And realizing that that's what you are, even if you're a, a scholar, um, you're you're just you're never going to know everything, and you need to be excited about trying to read <laughs> everything. And so the humility um, really comes in just your your point of view as somebody who's just a student alongside other students, even though you might have a forty year head start in the reading in the archives. Executive Director of Christians for Social Action, Nikki Toyama Setu. Um, I think humility is having a right-sized view of um, the work that God is doing and your part in that work. Therapist, expert, and author, Dr. Diane Langberg. That no matter how many trauma survivors you see, no matter how good your work is, the next one that walks through the door is different. And you can't assume you know. You can't assume you understand. You sit with each one like they're new. And you also know, in terms of your humility, that your ability to help them, your knowledge, all of those things are God-given gifts that are to be used on his behalf not because you're so terrific. Chief Executive Officer and Founder of Preemptive Love, Jeremy Courtney. It requires humility to let other people define themselves, define their experiences, speak for themselves, and to to just let that statement, that expression live without arguing with it, without debating it, and to to let that be a meaningful set of data that then you will use to go forward. There, there's a humility that I think a lot of us, especially white male leaders, 
need to practice um, when it comes to letting women tell us what it's like to live in their skin, black neighbors and colleagues, LGBTQ neighbors and colleagues, and to not debate it, to just let them state their experience and then say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to let your witness or testimony, you know, kind of shape what we do going forward without debating it or arguing with you over it. That there's a humility that we would experience if we did more of that. Author and founder of Love Beyond Walls, Terrence Lester. Yeah, you can never be an expert in someone's someone else's reality that is not your own. Um, even if you have similar stories or background, uh, humility is uh, the humbling of oneself and taking the posture of student. Um, I see all of life as a classroom. I, I learn from uh, my friends without an address, just as much as I would learn from a CEO that I'm sitting next to that's trying to donate to our organization. I see everybody as a 10, right? I don't start people off with uh, some existential uh, metric system because I think that we've gotten uh, the way that we measure worth and value in our country wrong. We start with all of these extrinsic things. What kind of school, what school do you go to? What kind of coffee you drink? You know, what group you're a part of? What books have you read? You know, we start with all of these extrinsic things. I always like to start with intrinsic worth and value of a person, right? Um, because if we start with that, then the playing field is level. And so for me, when I engage in relationships or I'm proximate to my community, the one way I stay humble is knowing that at any given moment, at any given second, I can learn from the person that I'm uh, sitting across from. And I, how dare I prop myself up as an expert in someone else's reality. I never do it. I stay away from it. But I do uh, make the commitment to walk with people in, in their re reality. Refugee Church Consultant with the International Association for Refugees, Pastor Jean-Pierre Guetera. Humility, to me, humility is a, is a dignity. Dignity means the value. You value what the person whom you are trying to help is bringing in, in what you are trying to do. And also, you yourself, you, you become humble to learn from them. That is very important because as, uh, as you value them and also willing to learn from them without thinking that what you have is very important, there is nothing you can learn from them, that gives them uh, confidence even to be open to them for you to get the better information also to help them much better. Author and founder of Public Square Strategies, Michael Ware. Uh, in, in my first book, I talk about humility as uh, both a, a, an understanding uh, that uh, your approach may not be the right one, that, that your, you, may not, uh, you may not be seeing things clearly. But in, in politics, sort of the when humility is, is talked about, especially um, among Christians, you know, that side of humility is often it can be used to justify sort of 
in inaction. There's sort of this idea that, well, you know, if if I if I if I'm not a hundred percent sure, then how could I possibly how could I possibly, you know, act? Isn't it just safer um, to to not do anything at all? And so the the other side of the, the other way humility plays out, I think, in civic life, is this understanding that your your choices are important; that they, 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 they carry weight. Um, you, you you're also just one among yeah, uh, in this past election a hundred you know fifty maybe a hundred sixty million voters. Um, you are one citizen out of uh, over you know th- uh, three well over three hundred million, and so. Um, yes, take your civic choices seriously, um, but but do not. Uh, you are not so important <laughs> that uh, that the action that you take um, that the fate of the world is is resting on it. Yeah, you you you, you act with uh, due diligence and with the best intentions, but but sort of uh, you don't allow a sort of overestimation of the impact of your actions to, to lead to, uh, you know, being debilitated or being a quietist. President Emeritus of World Vision, Rich Stearns. Yeah. And, and I, I think humility is really needed, um, as we go, especially cross-culturally to work with the poor. Um, too often, I think Americans or Europeans will have a tendency to look down on the poor and take a paternalistic attitude of superiority, like uh, I'm not like them and they're not like me, and boy, they don't seem to really have much on the ball. And and uh, you see, humility is about understanding that the people you're serving who are poor are just as capable as you are. They're just as intelligent. They're they're just as creative. They're just as hardworking. They just haven't had the opportunities. Um, and again, it's about treating poor people as equal partners and seeing them as people made in the image of God. Executive Director of Healthcare Ready, Dr. Nicolette Lusaint. Um, in the context of my discipline, humility is recognizing that there, there is no such thing as me. Um, there has to be an us in order for the system to work. Um, the only way that we have a system that works, much less one that works in a disaster, is if we put ourselves aside, um, our egos aside, and look at how we accomplish it together. Executive Director of IJM Canada, Anu George Kanjanathopal. You know, I live in a developed country now, and there are times when I there are times when I look at my plate of food and know that and know that there are 40.3 million people waiting to be rescued from slavery, not being able to afford one one meal in that 20 hours of work days that they are put in. So every time I eat a meal, I remember to be grateful. 
I, it grounds me. It puts me in my place when I think that something is not delicious. <laughs> I don't remember the last time I said that. <laughs> Vice President of Water at World Vision, Greg Allgood. Hmm. That's an interesting question. Not one I've thought about, but when we um, show up in doing our work, um, we show up as Christian workers. And our mantra, if you will, is to uh, boldly but humbly declare our faith. Um, and, and humbly means, um, you know, showing that our motivation for doing the work is uh, following Jesus's example. Um, the humbly part is, is that we want to provoke people to ask the question, you know, why are you doing this work? What's your motivation? And that then gives us a chance to explain our, our motivations and our, our walk to follow Jesus. David Gunger, lead singer of The Brilliance. How did I define humility? Oh, man. Well, one, uh, you don't own the truth. Two, you're going to die. Uh, three, life is hard. Uh, I just go th through Richard Rohr's like five things every boy must know to become a man of like, it will teach you humility of like, life is not about you. Right. So children do that. Um, being in relationships and friendships do that. Uh, but I find more and more how ridiculously privileged and fortunate we are to be growing up at this time. You know, I say growing up, but living life, having a childhood in America, having, you know, parents that loved me, having all the different things that we've had. It, it just, it always brings this sense of back to those remembrances. And I would say those remembrances are a good posture for me of humility. I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. The chance to really hear from different people who have different experiences and you hear common themes as they answered this question, but you also see the variety. So may you be encouraged as you keep on seeking to do good better as we learn from others who in these conversations who are doing the same. When invite you to sign up for our newsletter, our Better Samaritan newsletter. It has a jobs board. It has curated material that can help you to keep on learning, keep being part of this community. Uh, also invite you to share this episode with a friend or many friends who would also be encouraged by the conversations that we're having here. Thanks for being with us. It's an honor to get to seek to be doing good better along with you. This episode was brought to you in part by the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast, an outreach dedicated to bringing joy, strength, intimacy, and purpose to couples seeking growth. Be sure to visit enneagramandmarriage.com to find your chemistry together again, or for the very first time.